It is. So, yeah, good to good to be doing this. It was fun looking back at what's coming up for the show. So, I'm excited, which is uh, not unusual for this show. I'm actually excited <laughs> with uh, this in Iowa because Brian's going to be doing a solo show once a month. Yeah, I'm interested to see what if, how that goes. It should be good. He was always good solo on everything oh, yeah. else he did. So, I think that part will be fine. I s- we'll see how. Um, I, I'm just curious to see how I how um, how well he stays on that schedule. Yeah, no big deal if he drops off. That's fine. Yeah. I don't really care. Hey, yeah. it's, it's lasted longer than I ever thought it would. Right, anyway, we've done pretty good so far. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll have it, be having a beer engine con regardless of what happens. Either way, it's happening. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast, first of 2024. Wow, that's very exciting, right, Tony? That's been what three going on three years we've been uh, at this now. Actually, won't this be our fourth year? It feels like our fourth year. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It really is. Who would have thought? I wouldn't have thought it actually because um, when we we started this, we were you were sort of against it being a beer show, and with good reason because we had a food show regardless. But I think you came around to the idea of I've got to stick it in a category. Let's stick it in beer. But we can talk about nonsense. And who would have guessed that we can talk about nonsense for four plus years? I can for imagine hours going, on end too. Yeah. Hey, we don't do short shows. We don't fucking cheap out at the fifty-two minute like fifty-two minute mark like some other shows because they need a shit. Yeah, boy, I was really hurting for. Uh those extra um, eight minutes that I feel like I got screwed out of those today. Um, you know, you guys were going on. It was, it was some good content. Uh, and then eight minutes short, the goddamn shit gets right cut off uh, from my ears. Boy, golly, I was bored as hell the rest of the morning. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure you would have yeah. had something to pass the time. Jump on the gram. I know you're a big grammar. Yeah, I started looking at Instagram, you know, go to my, the search, you ever go to the search page and uh, just, it's just nothing but uh, cooking videos and uh, lately I've been searching for glasses. I've been looking for a new pair of glasses. So of course, Instagram got hold of that data, found out I've been on Zenny and now it it only feeds me uh, ladies with glasses on, Uh, generally like your Instagram model influencer types. So you've got ladies, these kind of very well um, heavily made up ladies uh, with uh, a lot of cleavage and <laughs> glasses on. So you're like, uh, what is happening here? So that's how I'm shopping for glasses now. Um, so if, uh, if you've got big cans and you're on Instagram, try to find some glasses that might fit me. And we can sort of take care of that. And that'll be all set. It's really perfect for me. And then, yeah, just cooking videos of like some Indian uh, street cart making like roti for seven cents or something like that. 
<laughs> that's my favorite Instagram content. You ever watch any of that, Tony? Fucking oath. That, that's well, not so much on Instagram. You know, I'm not a big Instagram dude, but I tell you what, I am big at, and that is TikTok. And I love me some cheap ass street food, whether it's from India, Vietnam, Laos, uh, China. Um, there's a dude I follow in Japan. He's not so much street eats, but he does convenience stores right through to um, Michelin starred restaurants. He, he's good to watch as well. But I do like just the straight out prep videos on the street, somebody recording them. Also a big fan of those. Anything food related is pretty heavy on my TikTok, got to be honest. Yeah, no, I, 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 I feel like I've nailed in on watching these like Chinese food videos where guys cooking up some Chinese food. Yep. And then um, uh, uh, like uh, uh, these, yeah, these street carts in like Thailand and India where somebody's making some kind of breakfast type item. Uh, and it's usually like a big egg pancake thing with a million scallions in it and a bunch of random spices and sauces in it or something. You're like, wow, yeah, I really want that. And then they say it's like nine cents. You're like, uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds great. I want that thing. Give me that. Yeah, uh, that's, absolutely. That's really my content. Um, well, Tony, I thought today we'd do a, a little bit of a retrospective of our last year of podcasting. Uh, just look back at some of our favorite moments. Now, some of the uh, things that we uh, managed if, that I went back in the outlines and actually managed to remember talking about. Yep, lightly. You did a hell of a uh, job. Some things I didn't, but yeah, uh, uh, I think we got a few nice pieces of content here. Now I know it's not specifically the game, but can I play my favorite theme that we do in this show? Sure, let's do it. Gallon and gallon. I love it. I don't know whether your news does this, but every news service in Australia tends to do a year-end review because their their hosts are on leave. Yeah, uh, I mean that makes sense. I uh, uh, I don't know if I we always do a year in review. With, well, they do. I mean, I was just looking at um, I was watching ABC News on New Year's Eve. I, I was. I'll tell you why I was watching this. It's because. <laughs> They go across the country and they show the different New Year's uh, shows. We were just at home New Year's Eve. We were doing yep. shit. And um, uh, they get to the Chicago one, and uh, I was laughing at it because it's just like a long ad. But on the other side of the screen, it's just like, here's biggest news stories of the year. And it just says, like, submarine accident. I'm like, yes, I remember the submarine accident. That was so good. Yep. What month the was submarine that? Accident. Because that, that oh, became Lord, a, was that the summer? I feel like that was the uh, summer because that was a big part of our show, of course, because we use the submarine controller as our logo. That's right. The submarine controller is, of course, the uh, Discord logo, which you can click on and join our Discord. It was June 18th, Tony. There you go. Just yeah, right in the teeth about of a little over six months ago. Um, yeah, it was a uh, it was a busy year for us this year. I thought um, we we did pull out some excellent new segments. Uh, maybe some that we'll see again. Some that might have to change. Um, one thing that uh, we haven't talked about 
and I didn't even talk about it after my visit to Australia, which was amazing. Uh, I tried to forget this awful moment in my life, but I just can't let it go. Is uh, right at the start of last year, you might you might recall Tony that I had been continually, uh, 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 I would say, uh, virtually accosted and uh, attacked, and then eventually virtually kidnapped by the uh, uh, cult of Fallen Fallen Gong or Fallen Dofa, <laughs> uh, uh, the people who run um, Shen Yun. Yes. Uh, which was quite painful for me to deal with. I uh, was getting mailers, I was getting ads, I was getting emails. But weren't they uh, personal mailers as well? Didn't they include your name, if I remember Some of correctly? them had my name on them. Uh, I did uh, – it, now, I didn't bring this up, I don't think. Maybe I did, but in New York City, I did see uh, the, the, uh, a, a group of them in my hotel uh, delivering the Epoch Times. Wow, that's uh, cool. I thought that was yeah, only they had, Gideon did that with their Bibles. They had find they had found me in New York City at the at the airport hotel. So credit to them. And then uh, one one last send off before I went off to Australia, I ran into him at uh, 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 the uh, the hotel I stayed at in Long Beach where I saw a huge stack of Epoch Times on the check-in desk. I'm like, is the, is the Hilton a believer in this? Or did they just <laughs> – did some freaks come in and they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Which some is probably freaks what came happened. in. You can guarantee yeah, right. it. And then um, uh, in Australia, we I ran into him a couple times. I saw him outside um, doing – you know, presi- I mean, not that it's offensive on its surface to do like yoga or whatever it was they were doing. It was some kind of spiritual behavior of some kind. And then um, – uh, uh, I, I think I saw some stands for him out in front of the Melbourne um, Parliament building. I, yep. I think it was the. Uh, yep, there were there were some of them out there too. So, you know, I got attacked by them early in the year, and they've they've left me alone mostly. But they do tend to just rear their heads uh, and remind me that they're around um, and always looking out for me, which is you know made made it kind of you know I've always got my you know I'm always looking over my shoulder these days, trying to make sure I don't get uh, attacked by um, these guys and, and yeah. learning about Kate, Kate Blanchett's review of the show or whatever. Now, there's only so many places in the world where you can really escape cults because in Melbourne you were accosted by Falun Gong and in Vegas. But then if you head to, like, California, then you've got to deal with Scientologists. Is that yeah. part of the no, reason you'll... why you love Scandinavia? Uh, oh, they're there. Um, oh, are they? Don't don't worry about that. You can you can find one there. Yeah, no problem. Um, there's a. Uh, now I couldn't tell you which ones, but I, I'm sure they they have just Scandinavia's got a uh, interesting some of the maybe a smaller component that's maybe more extreme of the type of European nationalism that you'll see a lot of times where there's definitely a Scandinavian exceptionalism. Bent, and I'm sure that can manifest itself in some kind of cult. I'm not sure what, but I'm positive it does. Um, no, uh, I, did you watch, Tony, did you watch the Love Has One thing? Have you heard about this? No, I haven't heard about this. Fill me in. Yeah, speaking of cult things, you have to watch this one. Uh, this is totally Ooh. unrelated to anything, but uh, it's uh, hardly a cult. These are the best kinds of cults. This is like a group of 20 people that were just all on the fucking acid trip of their lives, um, pretty much, and uh, or had been and or had been let down severely by the health 
care system in the States, you know, and also we're kind of like hill people. Uh, so yep. they, um, uh, this lady, uh, just decided that she was like God or whatever. And, uh, uh, some kind of spiritual conduit and, uh, her, her, um, essentially like oracles where it was this poster board of various dead celebrities. So it was like fucking, <laughs> Uh, Robin Williams was the biggest one. Uh, uh, so she's like, Robin is telling me that I am going to the spaceship at this time or whatever. And uh, eventually she, I mean, shrinking down so much of the goofiness of the story, it's wild. I, maybe unfairly, they try to make it serious. I am just laughing the whole time. The documentary is very well made. I highly recommend it. They don't do any narration. There's no narrator. You hear the whole story directly, oral history style, from the believers. Wow. Like from the real people who are into it and like their parents who are not. But there's no like narration that makes you feel like these people are idiots or crazy. You just come to that conclusion easily on your own. Um, but uh, eventually this lady ends up killing herself, not on purpose, but because she's drinking like three bottles of vodka a day for 10, 15 years. And um, eating uh, colloidal silver. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like enough to kill a person in one dose, but every day. I mean, just, and she turned blue. She turned, she was anorexic, drunk, and blue, and she died. Um, so, really insane shit. I mean, I've never seen anything quite this wild. I highly recommend The Love is One. I, I, uh, Doc, it's wild stuff. Now, where do I find that? Is that a Netflix deal or? It was on HB, the HBO. Um, okay. The HBO one, which is Max, I believe here, but I don't know what it is yep. there. I'll have um, to put in Love is One. Um, love, love has oh, one. Love, love has yeah. one. Like the like cult it won, mother like of it God. Like it won a game. Right, yeah, yeah. The cult of Mother God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her. Oh, it's on Apple TV. Um, okay, I can find that, I think. You'll love it. It's it's a classic. Um also in January, Tony, some, some a different kind of cult. You joined the cult of side project yep. lovers, which was awesome. And I didn't turn blue. Mm. The drinking part, yes. The death part, no. Now you have you have drank a blue beer. I have seen you drink a blue beer. But, you have um, seen me drink a blue beer. None of those came from side project. To be fair, no. That to be fair, that is one of those moments that changed my outlook on beer. I'm sure you've had them over your journey into craft. Sure beer or good beer or just your beer life in general. But there's a couple of times where your perspective gets changed on on what beer can be, how consistently good it can be, uh, what is what is good beer. And that was one of those moments that was just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I you know, and we were um we were awfully lucky to uh uh find some more side projects yep. when we went to Carwin Cellars just a few weeks ago. But um, uh, what was your favorite? Was your favorite? Um, I mean, I, pre- I presume it was like BBT or Anabas- Anabasis, I think you told me. It was yeah, your, Anabasis. your favorite of the day. Um, did you have a sour that you were really into from that? Was it the Pesh or was it the uh, Beer de Pie or Saison de Blay or one of those? Saison de Blay was pretty fucking mind-blowing because that was, I think, yeah, the beer that we were crazy. handed on entry. And it's like, yeah, yeah. this is what they're giving away. It was one of the, it might have been one of the beers that was based around mandarins, whether it was the Satsuma beer or they did have one based around a cutie as well. Um, one of those two beers was pretty mind-blowing yeah. because, you know, the, they're able to 
break down the essence of the fruit, but they're also able to add complexity to it without losing anything at all. So I, it, it was just a, a day of like amazing beer after amazing beer after amazing yeah. beer. That's, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, yep. I, man, I, I love side project. I, Hope that when uh, you're able to, to come visit that we either at least have a bunch of it or we go to it because yeah, um, that'd be amazing. one of those would be really, really good. Now, when I walk um, over to the brewery today, I'll be wearing that side project hat that you gave me because I don't know whether you can see on my noggin. Yeah, um, I see you got a little, like you bonked your head or something. No, spider bite. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what the uh, spiders are like in, in my town. Uh, they will do that I, to you from time to time. I, I did, They didn't get to me. I did see a little tiny one on um, the toilet paper roll in the hotel in, in Mafra, but um, I just, I uh, not knowing if it was poison or, poisonous or not, it was quite small, maybe the size of my fingertip uh, or fingernail, and I was able to easily dispose of it uh, as a dead spider because it was so tiny. So, yeah. Unfortunately... Uh, it was no match for my massive strength. Um, Don't so know whether I told you what I bought myself for Christmas, but I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I want to know. Don't know whether you've got them in America. I bought myself a bug of salt. Are you familiar with what they are? No. They're a pump-action plastic shotgun used specifically to shoot bugs and flies with salt. Amazingly fun bit of kit. Instead of a fly swatter, get yourself a bug of salt. No, that's a good idea. All right, we used to have those little um, the burnt the lights, that like yep. and them things that you put outside. Those are pretty effective, generally. They are. Um. So, Tony, another thing that I uh, I couldn't tell if I couldn't remember if it, we had stories about it in this year's outline but i i can't remember if we talked about it this year or last year but this i feel year. like we can just i can just get out get out of the way it was this year um, in the lead up to the super bowl can, if you remember correctly uh, that's right that's right i remember that we had the m&ms had become woke but yep. uh, we did find out in february right around the super bowl that uh you know what the the green m&m just was not going to get us hard hard anymore could not could I no, ma- millions of men around the country uh, saw the Eminem commercial and pulled their shit out and they started pulling on it and they said, "Oh, what the fuck's wrong with the Eminem? Where's her boots?" Yeah. Um, Who knew and- so many people in the Eminem community had a foot fetish? That's the thing that I'm really shocked by. <laughs> that, was, that was your takeaway. Well, um, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, um, yeah, they're into feet. I mean, it's not like you could see any. I mean, I never saw the green M and M's genitals. I don't think. Or do M and M's have genitals? So. Mm, interesting. Because aren't they a fully like hard shell? They are. Maybe like a duck. They got the inside. Yep. Ones. That could be. Is that, is that anything? <laughs> um, it was very. Uh, it was very strange. That whole thing. I. We, and this still happens, right? Because it was Lola Bunny and it was um, uh, the the M and I'm sure there's there's other things that get my little puns. Yep, yeah, boy, people get mad when you when you can't 
Clunk. You know, they say, oh, don't you know, stop going to the brony convention. <laughs> you know, it's not cool anymore. Whatever those things are called, clompers. Uh, is that the, was that the bad ones yep. or were the brony? No, the clompers were the ones that make more sense. Yeah, the clompers is, were the central ones. Yeah, but at least that makes sense. Just being into it is just weirder. <laughs> um, now the M M&M, and M. So yeah, I mean, it's been a tough what eleven months now, but um, we just can't. You know, every time I look at a bag of M and M's, I'm like, I am I- not. This has not turned me on. Yeah, I cannot get hard anymore. In the presence of M&M's. Otherwise, oh, fine. But, uh, you're still good otherwise. I thought it ruined I'm, your sex okay. life completely. Well, most of my sex life was around M&M's. So <laughs> <laughs> it has really affected things in general. Um, but, you know, and now it's just, you know, we're, we shifted to Skittles. Oh, good call. Good call. Yeah. Skittles are... They're, and they're healthier, I think, or not. I don't actually I know. I think not. I really think not. Probably not, yeah. I think a Skittle is very mysterious in its makeup. I don't think it is um, at all. I think all a Skittle is is sugar coated in a hard sugar shell with colour. I think that's what a Skittle is. Good point. Uh, I should have gotten some Smarties or whatever while I was in uh, <sighs> Australia. Maybe those could have done it for me. Yeah, did you try Smarties you have, while you, you were have, here? You have a hot ass Smarty? No, Nestle. The, oh, okay. They're more into like causing the death of babies rather than like oh, no. the Mars Corporation like creating sexual deviance. Smarties and magpies both interested in killing children. <laughs> hey, Australia. magpies will kill anybody. Hey, they're not breeding at the moment, so they're fucking delightful. Uh, this was also the year, Tony, of AI. It really uh, this was. was a big year for AI. Uh, we've been using a lot of it because we're lazy. <laughs> um, I've used it for a few games this year. Yep. But uh, this was a good article I thought about. what, uh, And we've seen a few of these now. This was the first one I think we dug up. But this was from about At Water Brewing. And it's that they asked an AI to create an IPA recipe for us. And it was able to create a recipe to the scale of our new brew system. And it created an AI designed human brewed IPA and they created the art for it and all that other shit. Um, so we are seeing some more of this. I am not, I wouldn't be surprised if there's even more AI being utilized, not to generate recipes, but to scale up, help them scale up recipes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if you can do something like that. I mean, that's all just got, math, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We've already got recipe software that does basic math. There's not really much need for AI to do that, but this, what it really proved, and, and this is something that AI is exceptional at is being absolutely bang on straight down the middle, not being able to take the risks that we as humans can take. There is no intuition in any of these recipes. There is nothing that is right. outstanding. These are going to be like mid-tier beers um, because they take basically all the information out there and then they average it um, using a p- proprietary algorithm. That's essentially what AI is. As much as people think AI is, is coming for your job, uh, unless you're really mediocre, which a lot of people are actually now that I think about it. Generally, yeah, yeah. I think it's a lot of people. They're, they probably will become for your job in, in that 
point of view. But I think where you will see AI being used in the brewery, and I know this is where we're using it as well, is in areas like art and um, beer descriptions. Um, we're not so much doing the beer descriptions with AI, but without a doubt we are using things like um, Photoshop and also Midjourney to create uh, logos and tap handles and can art. Uh, yeah. Of course, my beer um, armbender that went on, that used AI art out of Midjourney to, uh, for the tap handle and the can. So I did ask it to give me a homebrew five-gallon batch recipe for an ESB that uses American hops. That's not a good idea, but it's just a, it's just an out it's of the ordinary. It's a terrible beer. idea. Yeah. So it's uh and it's, it looks like a fine recipe, right? You got Aaron Sauter. Yep. Uh, Crystal victory, special D and then uh, Kent East Kent Goldings cascades and uh, cascade and centennial uh, and dry hop with cascade. See, so um, if, if I was to, if you were to give that recipe to me, I would say, um, yeah, the English malts simplify the malt bill. Doesn't need doesn't need yeah. special B in it. Um, use English crystal, but on the hop side of things, use stuff like Willamette or Comet or sort of the low L for Americans that aren't super fruity, that are sure. more in line with those ESB hops, rather than add some ESB hops with. Um, and see, that's where AI doesn't get you to where you need to be. There's nobody with that knowledge, that creativity to actually say, hang on, what is an actual better substitute that isn't in right. a book somewhere? And maybe as these large language models get better, that will change and that'll that'll push forward. But at this point, um, as, as much as I've played with AI and it is mind-blowing at times, it's never going to um, put together a recipe that is going to be a... Um, a competition winner outside of homebrew competitions. Uh, I don't think you're going to see it at the GABF. I don't think you're going to see it um, at um, the Royal Australian Beer Awards. It's just mm. not what it's there for at the moment. Well, I think um, what will be interesting is if someone uses an AI to make a beer and doesn't tell us. That would be – then then I'll start being thinking it's useful. Uh, yeah. Right now as a, it's a novelty. So, yeah, it's if you, a if, so if somebody makes a makes a, a recipe, uses AI, and says, "Oh fuck this! I'm just making all my beers with AI and tweaking them or whatever," then, um, you know, then I'll then that'll be interesting to me. But so far, I haven't heard anything of that sort. So yeah, and I I think when it becomes really really um, favorable is when it does something that um, we we haven't seen before um, in the the world of brewing if if it comes up with something that we wouldn't have thought of creating uh, or uses a technique more specifically that we haven't um, thought of adapting for that style of beer that's when it'll become interesting when we get a uh, triple decoction um, hazy IPA that that could be fun and if it turns out to be great sure maybe that'll push the the, the brewing world forward but at the right. moment it's just plopping out middle of the Middle of the road answers. I them out. Well, and, and I mean, the breweries that are even doing it are already middle of the road. You look at Atwater, you look at um, a couple others in Chicago that have done it, and you're just sort of like, well, that's already a brewery that I didn't really have a lot of 
investment in. So you didn't yep. notice like dove dovetail isn't a dovetail half acre and rev aren't producing AI beers or whatever. Or metropolitan. Yeah, exactly. Or metro rip. Um, now we did have a couple of uh, political like items here. This was uh, my this most was a running, favorite month. Uh, this was this like was a running bit. Month. Yeah, we had Alex Jones, the weekly Alex Jones update for about a third of the year, I'd say. Probably ran all the way up till April or so when uh, Alex got his uh, Sandy Hook yeah. sentence, I would guess. Um, I, I do miss the weekly Alex Jones update. You know, Tony, do you have any news on him lately? Has he been doing anything? He's really just quite a horrible person at the moment. Um, right. He, he's because he's, he's like a full-on like psychopath, so he doesn't know how to read the room. And, like, he's put his cat right. up as an asset. And then so because he put that up as an asset, they're now listing that as one of his assets on his bankruptcy. And he's like, the government is trying to take my cat and they're valuing it at 25000 No, you're the person that actually listed your cat as an asset where you didn't need to. And you're the one. Why would your cat be a- worth $25,000? Nobody would buy a cat for $25,000. This is Alex Jones. This is the value right. he put on it, you've got to remember. This, this is a man that sells trinkets and supplements like colloidal silver for like thousands of a percent markup on these items. We're talking supplements that cost him seven cents. He's selling for, I don't know, $50. Um, just a complete charlatan. So, hey, of course he's going to list his cat and of course he's going to overvalue the fucker. It's true. Um Boy, the cat is really crazy. I got my, um, I had a cat uh, in my old place, passed away before I moved to Vegas. And um, uh, I paid $25 for my cat. Uh, Senior cat at the time. They sexed. Ooh, uh, it was spade. I mean, spade on news, yeah. The, but it it, it had plenty of sex, uh, very clear. (laughs) that uh, Maddie had been, uh, had mothered a handful of litters. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's $25. So 25K, that cat better be like one of them purebred show cats or some shit like that uh, if, you're, if you're paying 25K. Um, but what do you end up having? To, now, what's his state here? Is he's never going to pay that money. I mean, he, he'll never have that much money in his no, life. No, but he will always have the bankruptcy courts coming after him. This will never get discharged. It's not like he can declare right. bankruptcy and then it'll go away after 10 years. No, they're going to be forever um, garnishing his wages and he's going to have to continue to duck and weave and try and get around these families. The families haven't actually seen much money at the moment. Um I know one of the Platons is actually battling cancer and she had to go on a podcast and sort of um, appeal for donations because she hadn't received any of the money from Alex. And so to pay for her treatment going forward, um, the podcast were gracious enough to um, lead a um, fund for her. And um, then she came on the show and sort of talked about all the shenanigans that were going on with Alex. Mm-hmm. And everything he's doing to avoid them, so at the very least, he um, it has really put a kibosh on his ability to make money trouble free, um, and maybe that's the best we get. But he's always going to be hounded by these people trying to get their um, 
$1.5 billion off him. It's true. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he, I mean, whatever he's made his bed on this. I don't know. What can you, what can you say other than that? I mean, he's got a Twitter account again. That's kind of crazy or an X account or whatever. Is it really? Um, well, I suppose. Did we, we didn't cover this in any of the notes. When did Elon take over X? Oh, when was that? Uh, that? That was the summer too, right? Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, oh, um, October. That couldn't have been true. I think that's when the deal closed. Right. Deal uh, closed. Okay, so probably July. Yeah, no, oh. July or August. Because uh, in July he said he wanted to terminate it, but I think he got forced in in like August or September. Yeah, yep. And that that well, would have been a year. It's going great. It. It's <laughs> hasn't he lost hasn't he lost seventy percent of its value since he took over or something? Yeah. Yep. It's uh, that's great. He's he's done an outstanding job. And it's amazing the amount of time I don't spend on that website anymore because hey, no, why would you? Do now one one quick thing I want to mention from the politics realm, Ron DeSantis, uh, he's he's irrelevant now uh, as a candidate. Uh, might as well not exist. But I did love this story that we had about the Ron DeSantis eating pudding with his fingers. Uh, just one of those goofy stories that makes you think these guys are aliens. Um, but yeah, he was just apparently the, the description was that he stuck three, three fingers into the pudding aboard a private plane from Tallahassee to Washington, D.C. And um, he just shoved that pudding right off his fingers into his mouth. Yeah, it, it really does show that Men in Black was more a documentary than it was a movie. <laughs> yeah, these guys. One of my favorite old. And this is not a. This isn't about a um, Republican guy. Uh, I just think all these politician guys are nuts. I forget the guy. Which guy was um, uh, Julian, um, the San Antonio mayor? Uh, what was his? Um, Julian Castro. Now okay. he's the secretary of, but he had run for president briefly uh, in the busy primary last time. And uh, so they were doing the thing where they asked all of the candidates what their favorite food is. And um, none of them could answer a food. It, they just all fucked up. Uh, I think Bernie said mashed potatoes, which I'm like, all right, well, that's a food. I don't know. Kind of crazy you'd say that's your favorite food, but okay, but at least Bernie, it's is that really food. a su- surprise? He, no, he and Skip strike. Bayless sitting at a table just full of mashed potatoes, they would be right. loving life. Oh, Rick, Skip Bayless won't eat mashed potatoes. It's too fatty. He just eats chicken and broccoli or whatever. I thought um, he was a big mashed potato guy as well. No, you like it's too, that's oh. too fatty. The guy just, uh, he's all, he's all ripped up. Weird looking 60 year old man. But Julian Castro said his favorite food was iced tea, which is so funny to me. Like, you couldn't come up with a food. I don't know what, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, it was so good. Uh, anyways, all right, Tony, we're into the meat of the show. And this was our big story for the whole fucking year. I think we, uh, we're just going to cover these things chronologically. Yep. Um, but uh, this was the, this was the year long. Saga of Bud Light, uh, Bud Light, and Dylan Mulvaney and Kid Rock, where we are still having new updates on this story. Uh, I think we've been doing at least one Bud Light story just about every week since April. Yeah, it shows how poorly that um, AB InVev really handled what was a 
fucking minor story. I don't know what's happened to uh, Dylan Mulvaney's career since. That's sort of been put to the background. I don't know what D- Dylan Mulvaney's career was before this whole controversy other than uh, they were sent, um, she was sent some Bud Light cans. Right. And then this, uh, then we had a crying Kid Rock, which I'd forgotten about the crying while he actually shot the uh, the cans and the, and the actual yeah, that video was, that he, he launched. Yeah, so this was, I cannot believe how long ago this was. It was April. Uh, April 2023 was Kid Rock uh, shooting the Bud Light uh, with, uh, while like, essentially sobbing uh, or whatever and um, flicking off the camera. That's right. Um, And uh, then not long ago, uh, couldn't have been, couldn't have been more than a month ago. We saw him uh, drinking Bud Light at a concert. Uh, Still has Bud Light on his uh, menu at his shit kicking honky fuck or whatever it's called. Um he uh, he's he's nothing changed really. He just made a video, and I I just rewatched that video of his. Um, and what I'd forgotten about was the tracer bullets. So obviously, when he um, first did this video, uh, it wasn't spectacular enough with his uh, AR fifteen knockoff. Uh, it must have been really kind of depressing. He had to get some other. Fuck with a with a big ass gun to get in to shoot these Bud Light cans to make it look more spectacular than what it is. Oh man, just a Kid mess. Rock sort of started it off, and then we had Travis Tritt, which whatever. Uh, we had Ted Nugent, sure. Uh, I mean, these people are so irrelevant. It's great. Um, we had uh, John Rich. And uh, so whatever, we had these freaks doing this stuff, and what can you do? You say, sure, the freaks, and you move on, right? That's what um, you should say, especially if you're a corporation. Right. If you're, you're Anheuser-Busch, you're going to be fine. Now, what happened after this was Bud Light uh, dug themselves an even deeper hole and tried to distance themselves and walk back uh, their support of uh Mulvaney and their and the um you know trans or um LGBT community and uh get then guess who got pissed off? Everyone else. So essentially by walking it back they didn't solve anything and made everything worse. Uh they had um boycotts called for by um uh prom you know gay bars uh, uh other um, you know, organizations. Uh, so all of a sudden they're in a big, they're in a big pickle with that. And essentially they've, they've just embarrassed themselves consistently uh, for about six months uh, and, and ended up in the hole that they're in. Uh, Modelo taking over as the number one beer in the country. Um, and this is about where we're at now. Uh, I, I don't know if they've really recovered at all. Uh, they'll probably just flatten out, would be my guess, um, at a kind of steady, um, you know, 5% under their usual months. But that's uh, that's where they ended up. And there was some overall AB InBev uh, 
boycotting, but I'm not sure if any of these guys could actually keep up with any of the brands that AB InBev actually owns. So they probably weren't actually doing anything there. Uh, yep. I think it was mostly all Bud Light related. And I think this is where we're at now. Uh, that part was not nearly as interesting to us on this show no. so much as, uh, of course, the grifters. You got to get your grifting game on here. What's the grift here? Uh, you can't just boycott Bud Light. That's not really a grift for you. You're not getting anything out of that. You're still just buying a new beer. Yep. Uh, the real grift is, can I sell something? How do I sell a T-shirt or, or better yet, a beer? Uh, that cannot be woke. If I'm feeling like I'm uh, uh, buried under woke beer, how do I get a w- anti-woke beer? And thank the Lord that Seth Weathers and cons- you know his alternate alter ego conservative dad were out here to uh, bring us the ultra right beer. Uh, very exciting. Now, if you go to ultrarightbeer.com, don't worry, it's still there. It is. Um, it is still there. Uh, they are now the now the front and I'm not kidding. Front and center. When you get to the page, is the calendar. It's the yes. first thing you see. Is the calendar um, now? I don't know whether it's the same in America, but it certainly is in Australia. Don't most calendars once you strike January first go on some sort of discount? Not like fifty percent off straight away, but. Don't they start going on like a a 20% discount? We're already three days into the year. So, yeah, you would think um, you start seeing something. Now, I think we saw this recently. The beer is 50% off. Yes. Uh, You can now get a six-pack of this for 10 bucks, which is still $2 more than it costs for a six-pack of Trumer pills down at Corey's. Um, So that's pretty depressing, or at least $1 more, $1.50. Uh, it'll ship within 30 days after ordering. So <laughs> that's good to know that I'll get it in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, so we can still get it. I'm guessing they're selling back inventory. Uh, I don't think they're ever going to brew this again. I would guess that whatever batch you're buying right now at 50% off is the, batch, is the final batch. So get your hands on it now if you want it because I think it's going to go away. Would be my guess. Yeah, well, we we called earlier in the year. We I think we said an over under number of when it would disappear, and I think it was like three and a half months or something, and it still keeps going and going and going. It, it's gone. Every all of this has gone longer than I thought it would. Uh, to to all these freaks' credit, they've managed to stretch this out for a while now. A lot of it's just me because I just look for content all the time. So there's I don't know how many legs there are to any of these stories. I mean, some of them are just like. Bud Light down 5%. You're like, okay, whatever, you know, who cares? Yeah. But this guy, I feel like I feel like we're running out of steam. When I see 50% off and they can't ship it for 30 days, oh, my God, if you know which restroom to use, you know what beer you should be drinking. That's what it says on the description of the beer now. <laughs> Did it always say that? No, I don't think so. Do you know which restroom to use? You know what beer you should be drinking. Okay. That doesn't even make, I don't even know what, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You use human bathrooms. You don't use like litter bins. I thought this was debunked earlier in the year. Don't go, don't pee on the puppy pad at the uh, airport. No, Um, that is for puppies. That's why they have grass and a fire hydrant. It's not for you to pee on. 
Um, so this still exists. Now, they did also do, if you recall, the most collectible beer can in history, uh, which was the Trump mugshot beer can. Uh, those are unfortunately sold through. Uh, he's going to have to come. He's have to come up with some kind of uh, specialty can um, to to get some sales out the door. I think. Yep. I I just love the website design. Look, people, if you haven't gone to their website, check it out, because the thing that grabs me is the. Um, the font choice is very what what would you call that two thousand three font choice? Um, well, the conservative dad part is definitely. Yep. The like faux cursive. Yeah, obviously the ultra right even... one just looks like a weirdly kerning, weirdly kerned um, aerial caps to me. No, no, it's definitely not aerial. It's one of the newer ones that was like a Microsoft system font or one of those. Yeah. I've been doing a deep dive into the history of fonts lately, people. It's it's a wow. fun it's a fun adventure. But I'm just on the calendar page, and it's something you don't see very often outside of like those internet marketers is the uh, yellow highlighted text. You just don't see it anymore, and he makes great use of that and the text box and everything. It's just so good, given how much you can use AI to design websites and hack web WordPress code and things like that for no cost, not using anybody from overseas, which we know these guys love to use. Um, I don't think it even says this calendar was made in America. It was probably made overseas at um, some place um, for as cheap as he could get it. Um, his website really is like old. Pretty and, Spartan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, two of the three sentences to describe the beer are bathroom-related. That's just one thing you should remember. Uh, there's, I didn't realize that the first sentence also is bathroom. So it's all bathroom. This is all this guy's thing about is bathrooms. Um, so, hey, me too. You know, sometimes I got to fucking pee, and I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. During this show, sometimes I'm even like, I have to go to the bathroom. But I'm usually not worried about um, being uh, – I, I really think this guy is very – He's very wrapped up in the bathroom issue. That well, he's my see question a, to you is: a you, lady in the bathroom or something? You were talking about you sometimes need to use the bathroom during this show. Do you know which one of the bathrooms you're going to be using? Uh, the one right outside my room, probably. But uh, just normal. Yeah, but isn't the bigger question people that know how to use restrooms correctly? Isn't that the bigger issue? Shouldn't we look for some sort of competence within people that are buying beer? Don't wash your hands in the toilet, people, and don't pee in the yep. sink. It's got- Wrigley Field, don't pee in the sink and wash your hands in the trough. That'd be my advice, and you go to Wrigley. I, I, I'd avoid that. Um, so, yeah, that was ultra-right beer. Uh, I will say this. Well, uh, I want to say this while I'm thinking about it. Um, right now, we're tr- we are working. I posted this in Discord. I'll mention it again at the end of the show, but... Uh, we are, uh, I did post a, uh, we do have a, uh, we, we supposedly will have Tony attempting a trip to the States later this year. Um, uh, so we are trying to raise a little bit of money, uh, through our. Take up one of those, those pejoratives that you put in, because we will be trying to raise funds, whether it happens or not. We are Is raising it... funds. It's happening. Yes. We're raising some funds to get Tony to the States. Uh, it's it's happening later this year. 
The fundraising is happening now. We've just started it. If you go to our Discord, you can get to the link. Of course, you can always go to the link, ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast. We're trying to raise 250 bucks. Uh, that's our goal right now to, to get Tony over here. If you want to throw us a dollar, 10 bucks, 25 bucks, I primed the pump a little bit uh, to start the, the donation pool going. But um, uh, already we've gotten some kind donations from Nick Torque, from Max, and from Corey. Well, Many thanks to you. those guys for yeah. throwing a few bucks in. And um, uh, we would love to get some more. But if we get to the goal, I'm just going to make this promise. I won't use that money for this. I will use my own money, and I will buy a $9.95 six-pack of ultra-right beer, and I will do a taste test of it on the show with – I will compare it with a Bud Light, and we'll pick one other light beer to drink. We'll do a three-way uh, blind taste test, and we'll see which one which one really hits the mark. I'll have Kelly help me put it together. And uh, uh, I will I will purchase these if we can hit the target. So let's try to get to that target uh, or not, <laughs> but please do. And I will uh, subject myself to the uh, what is almost certainly going to be a stale uh, uh, ultra right beer. In however really, there can't be that much malt and hops in it. It's mainly water and. You know, it's sitting in the warmest part of that warehouse in Lakeland, Florida. <laughs> you sure do. Yep. Yeah. So that just wanted to get that out there. We'll talk more about that at the end of the show. But um, if you guys, you guys can get there, we will have at least one more piece of ultra right beer content this year. If we can get to that goal, which will involve me actually fucking drinking it. So there you go. All right, Tony, moving on through the year. We're almost, we're just about halfway through. That took up a lot of our year though. Frankly, it was just it Bud really Light did. conversation. Yep. Um, now, Tony, this was, this is a fun thing to try to remember. Uh, as you know, and we'll do this again this year. We'll just have to come up with another way to do this. We did our annual March Madness uh, yep. bracket. Um, uh, I don't actually remember what beer won. <laughs> no, uh, it was one of the iconic ones, like uh, Piney uh, or one of those. Pliny, sorry, uh, not Piney. Let's see if I can. Uh, let's let me see if I can get into my website and see if I remember. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be able to remember. Which beer it was, but let me see if I can just like at least log in. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh God, it was I a can't. hell of a fun time, and I, I, I think we need to think about what we're actually going to frame this around next time. Otherwise, it's going to be the same beers with the same result. Now, we forget the result as we both have, but I feel like that segment could get old if that's all we're doing all the time. You mean the bracket? Yeah, if the bracket's identical year year to year. No, yeah, we have to come up with another angle for it, of course. Um, now, uh, last year we did. I think we did. Um, didn't hadn't we changed it just this past year? Um, like a different way to do it. I'm not sure. Or no, no. Well, I think this was our first year that we really full on went for it because we. We actually spread this out over multiple episodes and it wasn't just one episode and you really put some forethought into it. Oh, my God. I can't even figure out what uh, – oh, yeah, it was breweries this year. We did breweries oh, this year, right. So It was it, all, it it was was all brewery yep. and it was based on, it was based on um, the untapped uh, rating of the brewery. If I could actually find the final of it, I'm not sure I can. 
Um, I can't. It doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> I'm guessing that the we're going to guess that the winner was, uh, I think it was, was it Treehouse? Was it Treehouse or was it like a grand old dame? No, I think it was Treehouse. Yeah, I think it was Treehouse. I'm pretty yeah. sure we're sure. I'm pretty sure Treehouse won. Uh, congrats again to Treehouse for um, whatever Winning that award was. Where you yeah. hold it such in high esteem. That's right. We're very proud of Treehouse for their big for their big victory. Um, that was uh, we had that bracket. We also had Seltzer bracket later that summer. Um, which uh, I can't, I couldn't tell you in a million years who won the seltzer bracket. No. I think it was a lemonade of some kind. Um, as you can see, we both have great memories about what happens on the show. Uh, hey, of course, wait, seltzer two. bracket will be coming back. Um, we were we were enjoying some Australian seltzers. I wish we could get some of those involved. Yep. But I've already seen a few pretty interesting new seltzers that I think we can toss into the pile for next year's uh, seltzer bracket with with Kelly. It's um, I just think it's amazing if we were able to recall this stuff. We talked for two hours, what forty eight weeks a year this year. Um, there's no way we can remember all that shit. It's just impossible, really, given the amount of content and the amount of nonsense we spew. And then we've got to organise what is nonsense and what's important to remember. I think people just be glad we're we're talking and we're filling in a couple of hours of your day. Now, one more thing we did that was rating things. We did our brewery Mount Rushmore. Now, I did look up my brewery Mount Rushmore. I actually had mine here. Um, now, mine was Russian River, Stone, Anchor, and Sierra Nevada. Was that really what I said? Rip. Rip Anchor. Wow. I must well, have been in big anchor mood. Well, no, it makes sense um, because what we weren't talking about were the best breweries of all time, but those that made the biggest impact on the American psyche. Because, like, Mount Rushmore is not the um, the um, best presidents. Of course, if that was the case, Willard Fillmore would be on Mount Rushmore, but he's not. Um, it, it's a snapshot of four influential people at a certain time, and those breweries were influential in shaping the craft scene. That's true. They were all California breweries. I can't believe I did all California breweries. Wow. I'm shocked I didn't throw in like a... Sam Adams. Uh, well, I was dogfish even going to say head. like a... I guess for Mount Rushmore it makes sense. I, I guess it would... Yeah, I guess it would be dogfish, right? But why would I do that? <laughs> I was thinking like alchemist, but that's even too niche, I think. I think, yeah. I think maybe, you know what, maybe I was right. I think in um, two years' time it's not niche because... I think with the staying power of the hazy style, even though that hazy style became something very different to what John originally uh, designed at Alchemist, um, yeah. he was like the breakthrough person. Now we get to now we get to this is this is my favorite segment of the year. This was my legacy segment. This might be my signature segment for the rest of my coming back next year, baby career. Well, in a way. Um, it was, of course, the Griff's XFL recap. We could not get enough of the XFL on this show. Um, unfortunately, the rest of America seemed to have just about en enough of the XFL as they have uh, uh, not necessarily disbanded, but they have merged with the USFL. Oh, but that's um, still a thing. Which is the other one that had started this year. 
So it is, uh, yeah, they merged with the USFL, and they are creating the UFL, United Football League. Um, So the president will be the former president and CEO of the XFL. The USFL president of football ops will lead football ops. And uh, the teams are, uh, does it say what the teams are? Uh, What are our markets? Um, It reveals team markets. Great. Uh, we did learn that, unfortunately, the Vegas Vipers are dis- have been disbanded. Oh, no. Uh, we will have um, uh, Arlington, D.C., San Antonio, and St. Louis are coming in from the XFL. Michigan, Memphis, Houston, and Birmingham from the USFL. And um, unfortunately, I'm not getting to learn who wrote any of these stories about it. They're all shockingly short. So, um, you got to believe that they're not from our man, uh, whatever his name is, the guy who wrote the insanely long articles about 7,000 word articles about the XFL week in review or whatever. Um, but March 30th. So just, uh, you know, about three months from now, we'll be able to, um, read about the UFL. Uh, do we have a, do we have a net, a website for it yet? I don't know, but um, no. if this doesn't live up to the hype, no, I'm not saying it won't live up to the hype. It may be the greatest thing on the sports landscape since, um, I don't know, some two-bit wrestling promotion. Uh, but if it doesn't take off, can I suggest another sports league for you to take on board? Let me hear it. Well, I'm going to actually mention what their, their championship um, what you win at the end of it. How about a sports league where you win the Grey Cup at the end of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard about the uh, this Grey Cup. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, of that course, I didn't know it was joke. being played while we were in Australia, yep. which is pretty good. Um, Okay, we're going to – so 2024 season, we're starting March 30th with Arlington and Birmingham. We'll kick the year off. Uh, we'll see if this lasts more than a year, but I hope – we hope and pray that our man who wrote the the website stories for the XFL can come back so we can count the words. It was my honor to report on the XFL all season for this podcast, the number one podcast of the XFL – and I only hope that uh, you know we can get as much joy out of the UFL as as we did from the, the brief run of the XFL. Yep. And for those that were interested, the Tor- Toronto Argonauts are the biggest winners of the Grey Cup. They've appeared in twenty four Grey Cup finals and had they've won eighteen. Their last win came in twenty twenty two. Tony, I think the sport I'm going to get into if I can't get into the XFL is just going to have to be uh, the AFL. Really? I know you uh, watched the grand final. That was one of my favorite things I did this year was get home from the, a bar or something and uh, turn on Fox Sports in the U.S. And there was a uh, – the grand final was on. And I watched about the last half, I'd say, between uh, – who was it? Collingwood and Brisbane? Yep, and it was a ripper game. Uh, it was a great game, very entertaining. I was able to pick up the rules pretty quickly, I thought. Uh, maybe some of the intricacies I weren't, wasn't quite getting. I, I presume if I watched it more, I'd figure it out. But um, 
the basic idea, I feel like I had the gist of it. Yep. And uh, apparently we're going to have one game a week on here in the States uh, for next season. So I would, uh, maybe I'll just get into turning that on. It's on Friday nights here, probably Saturday mornings there or something like that. Saturday afternoons, I would guess. Saturday afternoons. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. That that's that's great. That's how you you make um, your sport become international. That's how the NBA. That's how I got on board with it. It used to be one game a week on the ABC back in the day. It used to be at yeah. some crazy time where you'd have to set your VCR and hit both buttons at the same time to get it to record. Oh, those were the days. Oh man, the NBA. Yeah, I didn't really. The the Bulls had this little run there. Uh, they've lost, lost two in a row now. Don't uh, get they off got them. Sm- got smoked by the Knicks today. Um, now, you know I love my NBA, and I love me some bad YouTubers. There was calls from somebody today to um, five players that must be traded, and two of them were from Chicago. Now, I'm going to give you the first one for free, and that's Zach Levine. Who do you think yeah. the other one was? I mean, I, I guess my first guess would be DeRozan, but it's, I feel like it's not. Okay, I it was going to say it was like, I feel like you're teasing me by saying not saying who it is because it clearly has to be DeRozan. Yeah. yeah, but out of the league, would you be considering him a top five trade target? Like he's a good rental, don't get me wrong, with his, he's on the end of his deal, but I wouldn't consider him like a top five target in this upcoming trade period. Depends what you need, right? I mean, that's the, the reason it, it's maybe not a top five if you think of everyone being available to be traded, but as a player that, I mean, they usually these big, massive deals don't get done. No. So if you can get it, that's a guy who's like a pretty good player that you're probably going to be able to get for a song um, that can make shots late in the game. That's pretty good, huh? Yeah, but then d- doesn't the whole video become about the likes of the DeRozans around this league? Because there are plenty of them that, that are on sucky teams that that are on the end of deals that can get done, that are like in their late 30s coming towards the end of their career just looking for one more big contract kind of deals? And it depends. I mean, how many of them are that reliable? You know, you can kind of count on. DeRozan, I think, has a little bit more left in the tank than some of these guys. He's been pretty good this year. Um, but that's the other thing. You, He's not too old. Do you give him up? up 28, 28, 3, and 4. I wouldn't give him a big deal, but uh, if you're a team trying to win a title, what if you're Denver this year, right, and you want to, like, get one more piece to, to get you over the hump for another season, you know? Yeah. Uh, hey, what if you're Minnesota and you're – God knows what you're going to be able to do in the playoffs, you know? Yeah, you you are right there, but then what do Minnesota give up to to get him? That's that's the only thing I say in return. Draft pick, bulls. It's the bulls. Yeah, they but just it, want draft, it's going to have to be pushed forward a fair way. You, you won't want it this right. year. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. That's I mean, that's the thing. The Bulls are staring down. A, unless um, a couple of these guys turn it up. I mean, Kobe has, but they're going to be uh, they're going to be not very good for a while. <laughs> the Bulls. It's not great. Um. You know, as we wind down the year here, we had one sad. Uh, we had a number of closings this year. We, uh, I think, I had mentioned that. Uh, you know, we, we've had different local breweries close. Not in Vegas yet. Uh, we do have an impending sale. It seems like that. I don't know if I. Whatever. So, supposedly, um, 
we've, we've heard there's the supposed sale of Tanea Creek, uh, to beer zombies, which is uh, floating has been floating on the horizon for, for many months. It makes you think that it's not going to happen, but I think it's going to happen. Uh, we did have metal monkey in Chicago area closed. That was the brewery. That was the hometown brewery for me when I lived in Romeoville. Uh, it wasn't my favorite brewery, but you know, your local hangout. Uh, they were nice enough guys. It wasn't a good place to hang out either, but they were <laughs> nice enough guys. Um, it wasn't a place I really ever went, so that should tell you everything about why they closed. I was a guy who drank beer and lived in Romeoville my whole life, and I didn't want to go to the brewery. I went to Plainfield. I went to Workforce. That's the better brewery. Go there. Um, uh, but we did lose. Sadly, we lost Metropolitan, the uh, excellent fantastic lager brewery in chicago that was very sad that was probably the saddest thing that happened for me in beer besides all the crappy news stories but yeah uh, losing so losing a bad brewery you feel bad for the owners just because the beer wasn't my favorite i'm not going to say bad brewery even just because just because somebody made beer that i didn't like doesn't mean they deserve to be you know a death sentence for their company or whatever um so it's a little sad but when it's not somewhere that you frequented or anything you really don't feel a connection with it but Metro, that was a tough one. That was a good, that was a great place. They made a bunch of great beer, um, and we'll uh, we'll miss having them around. Yeah, it's, see, I had sort of, I thought it was going to be a par- parallel experience with with Dayton's, but they came out yeah. of administration, and in Australia we had a couple of breweries that were close to what happened to Metro. I know very different circumstance. Um, Metro had that issue with with their tap room. And everything else, but yeah, it was a tough year all around for for places that you loved. Uh, there wasn't a lot of growth within those places uh, for the most part, and it was touch and go for quite a few of them. It was, and and you know, it's. I, I think it still is going to be this coming year. Um, I think we're going to see, uh, you know, some more closings. Maybe some consolidation. We did see some consolidation this year uh, with uh, a couple. Uh, who was it? It was. Uh, 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 oh no! Why can't I pull the name of the brewery out of my head? It was Tom to- Tommy Arthur's brewery, Lost Abbey. Lost Abbey. Sorry, Lost Abbey had um, had some consolidation this year. They had closed a tap room and sort of um, simplified their ownership. Uh, or, or their, their, their situation, I guess. And then um, I know Pizza Port had taken over some stuff too. So there's, uh, there's been a lot, of, a lot of consolidation in the market. The Tanea Beer Zombies thing is just another example of that potentially happening more. And I think we'll see more of that. There's just a, a bit of a cluttering. And I think we'll see more straight closures, honestly. Um, yep. There's just there's too many breweries, and if you can't keep up, you're not going to make it. Um, you're going to have to build community. You're going to have to make beer that's palatable. You're going to have to deliver consistency. I think that's what people want to count on. And if you can't bring those three things, I'm not saying you have to make, you don't have to make a VSOD. You don't have to make a fucking Benthic. Uh, you don't have to make beer to, beer to pies or whatever. You just have to have a community of um, uh, people who will support you. Yeah, just make, make these good cl- these stuff. Good clean beer. That's all we want. Yeah, right. And you have to and you have to um 
uh, you have to deliver it consistently. You have to make sure that you have consistent yeah. beer that's fresh on the shelves, ready to drink. And I think that would be good enough uh, to keep you keep you around. Yeah, always looking for what suits your market, I would say. You don't have to be like the freshest brewery out there, but you need to be serving the customers that you have set aside as your business and your primary aim. I mean, think about all the different types of breweries that are surviving or thriving or, or both, right? Um, the, think of Pizza Port, right? Pizza Port does make phenomenal beer, but they pretty much make like a couple styles of beer, you know? Yeah. Um, and especially package, right? They're putting out IPA, uh, a, a, maybe a blonde ale or something or a lager and a uh, – Right now, a double IP. You go to the tap room; they'll occasionally have a porter on or or, or an English mild or something. But uh, they're they're just delivering consistency and freshness. I mean, that's that's going to get you a long way. You know, they don't have a barrel aged membership program or any shit like that. You know, <laughs> um, it's it's just uh, it's just bringing fresh beer for and it's cheap. You know, yeah, ten ninety nine for a six pack of Tall Boys. You can't beat that. So I, th- I think there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Uh, we're just going to, I think we're going to see some that work and some that don't. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes over the next year. Yeah. Are we going to, next five years, are we going to see less sort of doom around the industry and just understand that this is what the industry is? You're always going to see a percentage of businesses fail like anything within the hospitality industry that breweries aren't particularly special because they certainly in my view share more in common with the hospitality industry rather than say the wine industry in, in, in how you have to operate. Do I think there'll be less, I, I think in the next two years it'll be, I think there's a high chance of nationwide doom and gloom uh, economically. Yep. Uh, especially with the election impending, it's always hard to tell. You know, we managed to get out of the last election relatively, I don't want to say unscathed. We had to deal with the, all the inflation stuff and, you know, $8 peanut butter or whatever. Brandon, uh, I don't really know if that's true. I don't think it is, but whatever. <laughs> um, there's a, so a lot of people are predicting con- consistently, whether it be recession or real estate crisis or whatever. So you, sure, it's that not, could be a problem for breweries. I think yeah. because um, they, and they, now that we've we've entered a phase where it doesn't seem to be as much commodity driven. Seems like this past maybe a year, year and a half ago, we were having all those commodity issues, right? Where they couldn't get CO two, nobody can get hops. Um, I'm not saying there isn't any of that. There is still some of that. I think there's always competition for those fresh, um, kind of new hops and stuff, but. Um, and, and for Citra, obviously, but uh, I don't think um, that doesn't seem to be quite as much in the forefront anymore. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm sure there's. I'm sure if I asked a supply chain manager for pizza port, he'd be like, "Fuck you, this is, sucks ass." <laughs> but uh, you don't hear about as much from my seat anymore. No. But I think the real if there is a real estate situation, I think that will hurt people. Um, a lot of them are working on credit from a bank. You know, yeah. they bought steel on credit. And if, if their loan goes out of whack or something like that happens or, or some money gets called in, you know, they're going to be, I mean, a lot of people will be in a pickle, not just breweries. Uh, if I look out longer term than that, 
I think like any market, it's going to have it, it had a huge boom. It's going to have contraction, whether that's through economic forces, macroeconomic forces like that, or brewery specific things. Whether it be um, we suck now, uh, we can't get, um, uh, we we just can't get consistency. We we can't we we have no recognizable brand. You know all those things that just happen to any business, and we've seen a lot of that recently. And I think we'll probably see a little more of it, and then it'll probably steady out in the next handful of years, I would guess. Yep. And but I think your favorite breweries will be okay. This this podcast, Favorite Breweries, where we have a group of, not to pat everyone here on the back, very tasteful listeners. Our listeners here have excellent taste in beer. Yeah. Uh, in general. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of listeners, but they uh, carry some weight with their ability to taste and enjoy beer. Um, I, I, I'm not saying all of your breweries will survive, because uh, all of our favorites didn't, Metro not, didn't, you know, not everybody's going to, but I think a lot of your favorite breweries will continue to be making beer yep. and will be in five years. Fingers you know, crossed Carton is still around. Yeah. Man, I want to try right. some Carton beer. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's wind this down, Tony, with the end of the year. In the last few months of the year, we're uh, uh, all consumed with mine and Kelly's trip to Australia. Yep where we, uh, of course, had a lovely time, got to meet some of our listeners, uh, including uh, uh, Nick, for sure. Uh, we also got to, uh, and uh, what's that? And, and, and Tony, me, yes. I listened to our we show to from time to right. time. I listened to it live as we do it and every Tony's week. And Tony's parents, yes. who are uh, lovely people, as well as a number of Tony's friends that also enjoy beer. So kind of yep. the larger extended beer engine community. Uh, you, you got to, to meet, meet another couple called Andrew and Kelly. Very funny. Yes, that was easy. Made it easy for me. Because <laughs> um, I am terrible with names, so that was actually quite beneficial yep. for me. Uh, it was a, a, a fantastic time in Australia. I can't wait to go back to Australia and the larger Oceania region. Yep. Uh, perfect weather, beautiful beers, beautiful scenery, uh, lovely people, and uh, I hope we get to do that again soon. Also, I should shout out, you know, I got to hang out and see and meet many of our listeners this year. And Corey, Tyler, Kyle, Tom, uh, all those guys uh, spent time with uh, over the last year. Uh, I know Max, uh, Max sent us some beer in the last year or so that I really enjoyed from Carton uh, and has donated to us. All these guys have, have been very generous with us. Amazing. I uh, would love to meet more of you guys and hang yep. out and have beers when you're in Vegas or elsewhere. Uh, just give us a shout. And um, like I said, about halfway through the show, because I was thinking about it, we're going to be trying to do more of this later this year here in Las Vegas uh, and the U.S., larger U.S. in general, when Tony comes to town, uh, hopefully this autumn. Yep. Uh, well, our autumn, not his. <laughs> no. Uh, now, what did you think uh, about my choice of, of timing? Because it's we're not set on an exact date of when I'm going to be here. But you thought it was the best time. Fine. The best times to come are like April and October, and April soon. So I think <laughs> yeah. you chose the better one. Um, I, October, late September, October are great weather. Uh, even into early November, you're getting like perfect weather. Start uh, later. You get into October, you get a little bit cool nights, but I actually like that. Um, perfectly pleasant uh, outside. 
I highly suggest that time frame. Absolutely. Uh, and so we'd love to have our listeners here in Vegas. I was saying we, uh, not just, not just begging for money. If you would like to give us some money, we would really appreciate that. It'll be uh, any dime we get this calendar year in the, in the, um, donation bin in the beer tip bin, whatever it is, we'll be going to Tony's travel costs. I won't be taking any of it to buy cases of ultra right beer or Hormel chili beer or non-alcoholic beer or any of that shit. <laughs> um, well, I'll just, if I want to do that, I'll just buy it. And, uh, well, we'll all, all of our stuff will go into uh, Tony's travel fund. Like you. I said, we're trying to raise uh, at least uh, we an understanding. We don't have the uh, reach of TAI, but um, we would love to raise 250 bucks if we can. And if, if we get there, I will, um, I will butt chug some ultra right beer. It'd be great. <laughs> no, don't put your uh, health in <laughs> That's got nothing to do with the alcohol content. But uh, yeah, tell us like things you guys want to do. I, I, I would plan for a, obviously a, a, a beer engine pod side event at the silver stamp. Yeah. Sure. We could, uh, uh, hang there for a day. We could but, even um, double we it up. We can certainly set up. If we have a little group, we can do a uh, local brewery tours. Um, yep. If we're interested in meeting in San Diego a day or two before or after, uh, that's. I mean, San Diego is no offense to Vegas. San Diego is a much better <laughs> beer city than Vegas, and it's one of the best in the world. In fact, so um, we could do that. Uh, we can obviously hang out at Corey's. We can do bottle shares. We can do mid in the middle of the casino floor, barley wine tastings. Um, <laughs> That's pretty cool. Which you can absolutely do that if you want. Um, we could, hell, I think we can do it at the middle of the goddamn buffet. If you want to pay the corkage, you can, you can do it. Um, so, uh, now, have you yeah, gone tell back us to what the kind of things you might want to do since COVID? I know you're once I went local. once. Okay. I went to one buffet. We had friends in town um, who uh, are uh, advocates of the win in general. And I mean, it is a nice property. So uh, yes. we went to the win buffet uh, and it was fucking amazing. I mean, it was, it was, yep. it was $80, but for $80, you can eat a shitload of crab. I mean, it is. But that's my issue of- with, with Vegas buffets. If you're going to do that, you really just need to be ingredient focused because as many choices as you've got, they're not all as rock solid as you think. Yes, a great buffet, 30% of them are like knock out of the park, amazing dishes. But if you focus on something like crab crab legs with the drawn bones, prime rib. Yeah, you can get your 80 bucks worth. But you can't be doing the noodles and pizza at the $80 buffet. No. Don't waste your time with that. Sure, I bet it's good because it's the wind chefs are making it. Sure, fine, but you gotta you gotta zone in on the on the good shit. Yeah, I I eat crab legs, had a little prime rib. Uh, you know, I think I did have they had like a dim sum whole area of dim sum, uh, and I did I do think I partook in some of that because uh, it was quite good. And then you got to go right for the desserts that are like the super dark chocolate, high end chocolate shit, like um. Yep, they did have a caviar station in there too. So I was I was eating caviar. <laughs> Doing it all, yeah, yeah. You got to go luxury if you're going to pay yeah, that money. Get, the wind buffet is fire. It's it's extremely yeah. good. So if you want to do that, wind's a great choice. Uh, I must say I've only done maybe I've done five buffets. Like if you're going to include include the Orleans breakfast buffet, but I've done Paris Pass on that. But I've also done Bellagio when it was still best in class 
I've done the win, and I've done Caesars with uh, Bacchanal. You've done the big Bacchanal, the new Bacchanal? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that was been open for that long. It has been. Um, And I didn't pay for it. That that was a gift from a listener um, who was on a Tony, what would you – Tell me your Vegas. What's your Vegas things you want to get into? I mean, not we know Stamp, we know Corey's, we know uh, yeah, uh, those will be must use. But what you got any gambling needs? You got any uh, okay. new casinos you want to see? What do you want to get into? I do want to see the new casinos since I left because you got to remember, City Centre was not developed at all. Resorts, Resorts World wasn't a thing. So I do want to right. see those casinos that have come online since. Um, was Cosmo open? No, Cosmo was not open. Okay, Cosmo is nice, yeah. So I probably actually want to do less of what I've already seen. Um, I don't think downtown has evolved. I think it's devolved since I was last there. Um, minus Circa, yeah. Yeah, minus Circa. Circa's another one that I want to check out. And I also want to, like, hang out off strip. That's where I've always, like, that's always been my jam. That was my appeal for downtown because I was having to stay in hotels. That was the appeal of downtown. It was like an off-strip casino, but I was happiest at a station casino in the middle of a middle of a day, afternoon, just like some cheap blackjack. Um, not move. a lot of people. That's me and Brian. Yeah. Me and Brian at the Boulder. Yep. That's the uh, shit I love. It's like forget the weekends for me. Like don't don't really – care but it's also more the food like you know how you guys did melbourne and you saw melbourne as a more fully featured city than a tourist place uh that's how i want to attack vegas as well and i know many people don't sort of give vegas that credit but i think you have done a good job of explaining that to people and all the different experiences you can have that's what i'm more excited about than any sort of gambling needs personally you got to gamble a little. Oh, uh, I think, uh, you know, I like to gamble. So I was, I was thinking about this recently um, with Vegas and it, it's maybe, um, maybe what bugs me. It's not, it's not anyone's fault. It's not visitors fault. I want to do Wahoos. Is, but I am. Um, oh yeah. You want to go to Wahoos? Hell yeah. Let's do Wahoos. Um, people don't, nobody come. Most of the time when you travel somewhere, maybe, maybe people don't travel this way. Maybe it's just me you kind of want to go and try to understand the place a little bit, right? Yes. The reason you're going to New York city, you're going to Melbourne or you're going to um, LA is you're like, you're trying to get a feel for it. What do people, yes. how do people live here? What do they get into? What kind of restaurants I got here? What do they eat here? You know, but nobody comes to Vegas for that. Nobody comes to Vegas to understand Vegas. Everybody comes to Vegas with a belief of what Vegas is. Right. And they come here to, it's like an amusement park, right? The yeah. and, and in a lot of ways it is. Very much um, so. You can absolutely have that trip. But there is another trip you can have of understanding Vegas as a American city. To be Large in, diaspora know? city too. The, right, it's, exactly. It's varied. So I think there's uh, – we can definitely uh, continue your discovery uh, on that from uh, from the – you know, some of the – let's see the food. You know, we have we – the arts district didn't exist when you were last here. So yeah. we can uh, venture into that and – uh, uh, we'll have to hit some of these new joints too, but that sounds great. Can't wait to have you here. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you guys, again, if you want to support us in our attempt to get Tony, uh, across, uh, the large pond, uh, just go to our website. Uh, you can click on, there's a link, I think for the, for the, um, donate, uh, on our website, which is beerengineshow.com. 
or you can go right to it. It's ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast. We actually have a goal set uh, on the site. If you want to see, if you like seeing the little bar move, and I know I do, you can get in there and actually see the little bar progress towards, towards our goal. Um, so that'll be our focus for the year is trying to get Tony over here. Um, any other, any other excitement for 2024, Tony? Is there any other things you're looking forward to this year? Uh, you're probably going to be brewing some more beer, I guess, right? Yeah, uh, definitely want to brew another recipe at least. Um, that'll be exciting. I uh, want to continue to see growth in the brewery, but I also want to see growth within the Australian beer industry. Um, it was um, it was looking, um, you know, it was looking fairly shaky there for a while. As, as a whole, I thought we were going to lose some big, um, yeah. big, big breweries, uh, but uh, turns out we're actually on our on our sort of stasis. Um, so I don't know. I I, I yep. want to continue to catch up with our good buddy Nick Talk. He's always a great hang, whether it's on one of his many travels around Victoria or whether it's back in Melbourne. Um, that's really for my sure. goals for this year because the main focus will be the trip to America. So I may may have to cut down on my trips to Melbourne and, and my beer buying in general. So just to tighten the purse strings just a little, you know, how dear beer is in, in Australia. What about yourself? What are your goals? I know you've got travel plans coming up in the not-too-distant future surrounding beer. Yeah, going back to Copenhagen, that'll be what I'm excited for. Uh that's actually the only, uh, shockingly for once, that's the only thing I have planned right now. I don't have any trips to Brazil. I don't have any, uh, uh, I, I, I'm supposed to go to Chicago, back to Chicago in March. That's really all I have on the docket at the moment. Um, but there will be more. I'll be back in San Diego here in a few weeks, I think, just for the sake of doing it. The weather's better there. It's cold here. It's cold and rainy here now. Um, so I'll be, I'll be finding my way back to San Diego probably by the time February rolls around and I'm hopefully, you know, hopefully some new places, uh, haven't really thought about what our other big trips are going to be. Uh, if you're coming to town, that'll be a big, big week for us, uh, or so, or, or 10 days or whatever that would look like. And then, um, we haven't really thought about where we're going to go later in the year if we're going to, if we're going to get into anything. So, uh, TBD, I suppose, but right now it's just getting on that long flight, 11 hours from LA to Copenhagen uh, later this year or later this spring, I guess. And we'll see where that goes. Uh, looks like the brewery list for MBCC is going to rock this year, though. I was looking through it already and it looks pretty fire. So any, any sort of standouts? I mean, I, I think I mentioned it, but I couldn't believe Triptych from Champaign, Illinois was uh, on the list with some of their fight, and they make some crazy good barrel aged stuff. So. That'll be a, that's a new fun one on the list. And then, you know, obviously they've got all the Drayfontainen's on there, Bottle Logic's on there, all that shit's going to be there. So it's going to be great. Can't wait, Tony. It's going to be a good year. We'll be back every week with some more of this stuff. Uh, And next week, by the way, is going to be the drippies. So if you've got nominations, if you've got ideas, if you've got a category you want us to do, I actually have, um, my set of categories ready to go. I don't feel the need to announce them yet, but um, we can, uh, they're most of the ones you're used to, but uh, you know, if you have some nominees you want to give us for a different category or you have a favorite beer or favorite bar or least favorite beer, or least favorite bar, worst draft list, you know, 
person you hated the most in brewing, um, that type of stuff, feel free to post it up in the Drippies channel on our Discord. And otherwise, Tony, why don't you wind this thing down and tell people where they can find us? Certainly. You can find us on Untapped. That man across from me is Griff AD. I am St. Moz. Uh, we hang out. We check we check in beers there. Uh, we don't really write long reviews. We're more like just the number represents how we feel about the beer. Because, like, who, like, does long tasting notes? Well, the only person that should have ever done that is Michael Jackson because he was a fucking legendary beer writer. And I don't think there's been not, a not beer writer that, that Michael Jackson. You knew who I meant. My, our community is smart enough to know the beer, the, uh, beer Michael Jackson. Everybody's seen that documentary at this point, haven't they? And they've certainly seen his writing. The only person you should write long beer descriptions is Bobby B on uh, on Untapped. <laughs> That's, oh, sorry, I missed out Bobby B though. Yeah, she's a tell sweet little darling. Favorite, or... Tell us what your favorite tasty little girls are. Yep, that's uh, all we need. Yeah. If you want to donate to my travel fund, um, because Griff has very generously, um, he's going to let all the donations come this way. It's ko ficom forward slash beer engine podcast. Again, super generous co-host over there. Uh, send us an email beer engine show at gmail dot com. Um, and follow us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod. Um, yeah, and don't forget to let us know what events that you would like to see at a Beer Engine Pod Con um, that takes place on US shores. That maybe, maybe you may be attending. I'm, I'm pointing at this, but I'm talking about you, the listeners. If anyone says Wiffle Ball, I'm, I'm kicking you out of the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the no most athletic thing we would do? Shuffleboard? I would love to play shuffleboard. Um, that'd be great. Uh, I would. I wouldn't do pick. I think pickleball. Ryan's no, underestimating the fitness level. Uh, yeah. Maybe or sorry, over uh, maybe underestimating the fitness level required to play pickleball, and um, underestimating the competitiveness of that group as well. Because when you, you know get what I would play, you know what's a good fitness? you know what's a good old man sport is um, hungry uh, hungry hippos bo- bowling as you call it in. Uh, in Australia, or or bulls, or yeah, good call. Kalota or not, whatever that is, the thing where you throw the the little uh, colored balls at the white ball and try to get it close. Yep, it's like roll. It's like shuffleboard, but with balls. <laughs> right, isn't yes. it? It kind of is. Yep, it is. Yeah. But there's no polished timber floor and stuff. Right. Yeah, it's like lawn bowls. Curling, I would curl. I would get I into would that. I would not curl. Oh, you're not getting me on I'd ice. I'd fall on my, <laughs> fall on my ass, but yes, yeah, pretty good. Uh, all right, just various forms of shuffleboard, like yeah. eight different types of shuffleboard. Let's look at non-lethal sports. I think pickleball is still lethal enough, especially in Vegas, that you don't really want to. Yeah. None of our yourself. listeners need to need to die for us no. to have a thing. Well, okay. All right. Yeah. Let us know what's going on, uh, or you're interested in doing. We'll we will try to get it together. Um, and and uh, you know what? I bet uh, I bet our hang at the silver stamp will be a highlight for at least a few people. Um, all right, gang. We will talk to you next week with the drippies. Have a great week, weekend, whatever it is you're doing, and farewell. So long. Bye bye.